We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Now, one of the songs we sing at uh, Christmas is Joy to the World. It's a really well-known carol, and uh, you'll hear it even in the supermarket, not even in church or carol services. You'll hear it everywhere you go. And, uh, you know, Joy to the World was actually taken from a, a poem by a guy named, what was his name, Isaac Watts. You know, it wasn't even a poem about Christmas. And uh, it, over the years, it was turned into a song and then turned into a bit of a Christmas carol. But it was a poem really in, inspired from Psalm 98. And I'm just going to read you Psalm 98. And it says, Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown his saving power. The Lord has announced his victory and has revealed his righteousness to every nation. He has remembered his promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with a harp, with the harp and the melodious song. With trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn, make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee and the hills sing out their songs of joy. Before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth, he will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. So it was originally a poem written with this psalm as an inspiration. But what the author Isaac Watts did, he... He really used that psalm, but looked forward to Jesus returning and, and put a spin on it in what Jesus did and how he renewed the world. And, and you can kind of read that in, in joy. You know, got joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare her room. Let heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Saviour reigns. Let, the men, let men their songs employ when fields and rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove. There's one line I love in that song, prepare him room, prepare him room, prepare him room. You know, we see the angels tell the shepherds at Christmas, uh, good news that brings great joy that Jesus is born, the Messiah, the Saviour is born. Glorify God, peace on earth. Uh, a word you might hear at Christmas time is Emmanuel which means God is with us. As a Christmas is a time where God came to us, Jesus came to us, who brings joy, who brings peace, who brings hope. But have we prepared room for Jesus? Have we prepared room to receive this joy, this peace, this hope? Because God is with us, Emmanuel, God is with us, but have we prepared room? I don't know about you, but in our house there's a room that everything gets put where there's really no room for it. It might be a study, it might be a third or fourth bedroom, it might be a shed, but all that stuff, it might be your, your old shell collection, like Darren shared about it, it might be your, your, your old furniture, it might be your, 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 your trophies or your, your certificates, it could be your, your, your strange Christmas present from your auntie. It's the room where everything just gets put. Uh, ours is our garage. Uh, the cars don't go in there, all the stuff goes in there. And so you've got a few useful things like, like your lawnmower, but we've got all the old furniture that my wife's replaced that is a bit too hard to get rid of, so you just put it in the garage. Uh, you've got excess amount of toys that you pack away nicely so you can bring out again because we've got too many of them. 
and we've got all sorts of different things. And then we've got a few things that my wife doesn't seem uh, deem nice enough for my house. And uh, for, for, for instance, I've got, it, I've got it here today. It's something really special to me. And uh, look at this. I don't know if you can see this, but uh, a, few, a few years ago, I made it on the front of the little footy record for the York Peninsula, which is only about this big. But the nice fella at the gate at our Drossen turns it into a big puzzle and puts it on cardboard. Well, when I received it, I didn't tell Talia because it was such good news I wanted to show her. So I just put it up on the mantelpiece and waited for her to see. And then Talia decided she didn't have room for it uh, because what you value, you make room for. And apparently it wasn't nice enough for the house. And every couple of months, I try and sneak it back in. I try and put it high so it's difficult to get rid of again. And, uh, but it just doesn't make it in. It's a beautiful shot. About a 0.5 seconds later, I absolutely destroyed that young fellow from Moonta. And uh, he was beating me all day, so I had to get him out again. I got the ball as well. But uh, it's just not valuable enough for my wife to make it in the house. And uh, she can't, she just seemed, can't, just seemed to not be able to prepare room for it. And what we value, what's important to us, we make room for. That's not important to my wife. And so she doesn't make room for it. And in life, it's true, what we value, we'll make room for. Our family, work, hobbies. What we value, we'll make room for. And the same goes with Jesus. We need to prepare room. You know, John the Baptist, who's actually Jesus' cousin, we hear about him in the Christmas story as well. He was born to Elizabeth and, and Zechariah. And he was the one who went before Jesus and prepared the way. And Isaiah actually prophesied about John in Luke 3. It says, Isaiah had spoken of John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road. The valleys will be filled, the mountains will be made level. Prepare the way, clear the road, to prepare him room. You know, Christmas Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus is with us. Our hope, joy, peace is with us. Jesus came to give us life, to give us freedom, to give us eternity in heaven, but heaven on earth. But have we got room for Jesus this Christmas? Have we got room for Jesus in our lives? That's the question. Because he's with us, but have we got room for him? And the Christmas story is full of numerous people who are to make room for Jesus. You know, you've got the, the, the three wise men. You know, there was a fourth wise man. Did you know that? But he, he got turned away because he brought a fruitcake. Nah, I don't like fruitcakes, that's funny. And there actually wasn't three wise men, there was three gifts. There's probably uh, many wise fellas. And uh, it actually says that they, they caused a commotion when they arrived in town. Now, a few uh, wise men on camels isn't going to cause a commotion. But it said when they entered town, it caused a commotion. And uh, these were most likely, if they weren't royalty, they were nobility or advisors that represent royalty. So they were pretty well off. They were pretty uh, well with knowledge and wisdom. And uh, Mary and Joseph, they weren't of great wealth. We know this because when they went to provide a temple sacrifice, they could only afford the cheapest one. And many commentators believe that these gifts the wise men bought, gold, frankincense and myrrh, 
that this funded their life for the next few years. You know, you look at the next few years of Mary and Joseph, they had to flee as refugees to Egypt, they had to come back again, and they weren't from a, a well-off background. And they reckon uh, these gifts that these wise men brought would have provided for all those years. So you have these groups, uh, this group of royals, if not royals nobility, arriving, bringing these incredible gifts. And uh, it says they're from the east. That's a pretty wide area, but uh, I hate to ruin your nativity scene again. And, but they probably didn't arrive at the manger or, or the cave. By this time, Jesus is probably in the house. Jesus might have even been two years old from the time the star came up. And from the time the star first appeared, that's when the wise men would have left. So it could have taken up to two years of a journey to arrive to Jesus. So this wasn't a little... Uh, on our Christmas, we, we live in our dross and we drive down to Edithburg and just outside of Yorktown to see our family. Uh, 50 minutes, that's not much of a journey. And, uh, but these wise men, it could have taken up to two years to travel and meet Jesus. That's preparing room. And when you follow Jesus, you've got to prepare room for the journey. And I don't know if you know this, but following, believing in Jesus isn't just a once-off choice. It's a journey. It's a journey of knowing Jesus. It, it's, sometimes it's an easy journey. Sometimes it's a bit harder. Sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it's a bit tricky. Uh, you experience, you go, you're transformed as you go. But you've got to keep on walking. You know, it's a continual process. You know, the marathon runners... They actually try and run the same, it's 42 kilometres in a marathon. They try and run every kilometre the same speed. They try and have a repetition, continual progress. And that's a bit like a preparing room for the journey with Jesus. It's just walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, learning about Jesus, being in a place like this with other believers, because who knows, sometimes long journeys, it's better to be in a group. So the wise men, they prepared room for the journey. And that's what we need to do as well. You know, some other characters in the story are the shepherds. I love the idea of the shepherds and, and because they, they arrived pretty quick. They were in the fields nearby and they came to the cave, to the manger. And um, I don't know if you've had a child, but I've had two children now. And I can just imagine, you know, you don't, you don't, I, we, we didn't have many visitors this year because of the COVID situation. But you don't want too many visitors straight after birth. Everyone's a bit tired. It can be a little bit intense. And, uh, but imagine you just gave birth. Uh, no, no drugs back then. No epidurals. No gas even. So you just gave birth in a cave and then these shepherds rock up who you've never met. <laughs> I don't know how you'd feel about that, ladies. They probably haven't cleaned up before they arrived. <laughs> and so you see these shepherds. And the angels come to meet them, and it talks about them in Luke 2. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of, Lord, of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I'll bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in the manger. You know, the shepherds were invited to come and meet Jesus. They were invited to come and see, come and worship Jesus. And they took that invitation and they went and met Jesus. You know, they had to prepare room for worship. 
You know, the shepherds couldn't just stay in their fields with the sheep. It says they were nearby, but nearby wasn't with Jesus. And it said they left what they were doing and they went to see Jesus. Now they went back, but they had to leave to go and see Jesus. They had to, they had to do something. They couldn't just stay where they were. They had to change their location. They had to change their focus to go and worship Jesus. You know, where we look, where we focus is where we worship. And sometimes to worship, to spend time with Jesus, to make room to Jesus, for Jesus, we've got to stop doing and looking at something to, to do, look at Jesus instead. I don't know about you, but especially this time of year, there's all sorts going on. Everything's finishing up. There's work shows, Christmas parties, there's 15 family events. Uh, there's all these different things. There's the gift wrapping, which what uh, the sounds of things the men don't help with, but uh, I don't. Um, but you know, there's stuff on this time of year. There's just stuff on. And we need to prepare room to worship Jesus. Because where we look, where we focus, where we give attention is what we're worshipping. So we're worshipping something. We might be worshipping our busy schedule. We might be worshipping our work, our hobbies, our family. But we've got to make room to worship Jesus. And that's doing something. It's changing something. And it takes action. We've got to maybe clear out some stuff. You know, when we had a child, we had uh, other rooms in the house that had to become... Myra's bedroom. So we had to clear out furniture from that room to put new stuff in. And sometimes to, to worship, to look, to focus on Jesus, we've got to clear out some other stuff. So we've got time for God. Maybe it's time. Maybe we've got to clear out a bit of our schedule. You're doing that today. Maybe it's an excuse. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a distraction. Maybe it's an insecurity. I don't know, but we've got to, we've got to prepare room to worship Jesus. Because he is Emmanuel, God is with us. And we've got to prepare room. You know, Mary and Joseph, they had to prepare a lot of room. We can get so used to this story about Mary and Joseph. Imagine being them. Imagine being Joseph. You're getting ready to get married, getting excited. And then uh, you're meant to be picking out the flower arrangements. But Mary comes and says, oh, I'm pregnant by God. Oh, sure. <laughs> you're planning a wedding, you're working, and, and suddenly this, this bomb gets dropped that your, your, your fiancé is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. It's a hard one to get your head out. And what about Mary? <laughs> oh, angel comes to see you. Oh, Mary going to give birth to God. <laughs> Not what she was expecting. It was the unexpected Imagine being the talk of the town. Imagine if it happened in Edithburg. Imagine the Facebook comments. You wouldn't get many likes. You'd get all those frown faces they put on there now. I reckon it would even make it in the country times. But imagine that. We get used to it. But there was, any, there was no warning. That never happened before. No one was ever miraculously given a child and it was never God. Jesus came. He's going to come again, but he came once. So there's no precedent. There's no, okay, how did someone handle this in the past? No, it just happened. It was incredibly unexpected. 
And we need to make room for the unexpected when we make room for Jesus. I think we all know the unexpected things can happen in, in regular life, uh, both good and bad. But God wants to bring the unexpected in, in to us as well. You know, sometimes the people, the opportunities, the interruptions are the greatest blessings. You know, God wants to bring in unexpected opportunities, things we never imagined. He wants to bring in unexpected people into our lives. He wants to bring in unexpected passions. He wants to transform you in unexpected ways. He wants to bring in unexpected situations. Because I don't know if you've read any of the Bible, but every miracle was pretty unexpected. And God works still today in unexpected ways. And this is, have we got room for that? Because God's way is higher than our ways. His ways are different. He knows the beginning and the end. And he wants to do more in you and me than we could ever imagine. And he wants to transform us from the inside out, do something in our lives and do things through our lives. I can only talk from my own experience, but if I go back six years, uh, seven, eight, I look at what some of the things I'm doing now, I could never do that. That's very unexpected. But God takes you and does things in your life. We need to make room for the unexpected. You know, Mary and Joseph, that's to make room for the unknown. How do you raise God? How do you raise God? How does that happen? How do you, how do you parent Jesus? Think about what this... And, and there's often... A lot of commentators believe by the time Jesus was an adult, Joseph had passed away. Now, we don't know when that happened, but it could have been in his teenage years. So Mary might have had to do this alone a lot of time as well. But how do you... You know, why are the shepherds visiting you at birth? <laughs> well, why do you have to flee to Egypt as a refugee? Why is your son teaching and listening in the temple? Why is he doing all these miracles? Why is he dying on the cross? Well, he's raising from the grave. He's ascending to heaven. There's a whole lot of unknown in that. That to make room for it. That to make room for the unknown. And God, our, our life's full of unknowns. We're actually in control of very little. It's hard to agree with that, but it's very true. I'm in control of my attitude and how I respond to things. I'm not, I'm not in control of much else. Really nothing. <laughs> you know, will our prayers get answered? Will different doors open? What will next year look like? Will COVID disappear? Can you go on holiday? Will the business work? I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. We have to trust in who God is, his character. I've got a few tattoos. And to get them, I go to someone who I know, who I know they know what they're doing. I've met them. I've seen what they're doing. I trust them. Now, I trust Nathan with a lot of stuff. He's a good friend. I know, I know him. But I'm not going to trust him with that area of my life. It'll be like a dot to dot. You think if you're going skydiving, do you want me as your instructor who's never been? Or the professionals? And even then you want to go and check up on them. When you, when you know God, when you get to know who he is, his character, that he's the perfect father in heaven, that he's got perfect love for you and me, that's when we can trust in the unknown. 
when we know who he is. Because we've got to make room for that. We've got to make room for that with Jesus. You know, when Mary and Joseph made room, they made room for the miracle. Now, his whole life was full of miracles. Him being born was a miracle. Some of the things Jesus did, healing the lepers, miracle. Healing the blind, miracle. Healing the deaf, miracle. Feeding the 5,000, miracle. Raising people from the dead, miracle. Paying the taxes from a fish, miracle. That's an exciting miracle for some of us. Miracle, his life was full of miracles. Jesus defeating death, miracle. That's why he came. That's the good news that God himself came. See, Jesus and God are one in themselves. So when Jesus came, it's not God in heaven sending his son down to earth to do the dirty work. It's God himself coming for you and me to take sin and death onto himself, to deal with it once and for all, so that in faith we have life, we have eternity in heaven, we have heaven on earth. And then the Bible says we have heaven on earth. And so that means we have rest, peace, love and joy from God, heaven on earth. We have forgiveness, we have freedom, we have life. We're called sons and daughters of God, we have access to the Father. That's the good news. When the angels told the shepherds, this is good news that brings great joy, that's the good news. That we have life, life on earth, life in eternity. Because of Jesus. His life is full of miracles. So when you make room for Jesus, whether it's at Christmas or any time of the year, you make room for a miracle. When you make room for Jesus, you make room for a miracle. But it can be hard making room because a life just gets so full of stuff. And some of it's good stuff. Family's great. Work's great. Hobbies are great. But have we got room for Jesus? Who came for us? That's what this season's all about. Because there'll be distractions, there'll be things that kind of take our attention. But can we make room for Jesus? Because he's got so much for us. He's got a miracle for us. He's got life for us. He humbly came for us. I wonder if the, the band could just come. We've got a song in a minute. The guys are going to sing a song called Noel. And I wonder, as we just finish today, in a minute we'll go and uh, we'll have a coffee together, we'll catch up and then we'll go off this week and you might have work, it might have finished up, you might have about four family functions. I don't know what you've got planned for this week. I hope it's joyful, I hope it's an incredible time. But I'm sure you'll have stuff on. But I wonder before we go, if we can just make some room for Jesus. Make some room to reflect. Make some room just to be grateful and thankful for coming for us, for giving us life. Because it's nothing what we've done, nothing we've done to deserve it, nothing we've done to earn it, that by faith, just believing and following Jesus, we have this life. It's so incredible. So God, I'll just pray. We make room for you today. You came for us. Emmanuel, God is with us. So we make room for you today. Refresh us, speak to us. Have your way in us in this season. We remember you. Thank you for coming for us. Even though life is full of unexpected and unknowns, and we make room for you. We make room as the shepherds did to worship you, as the wise men did for the journey. We make room for you. In the name of Jesus. Let's just have a moment of reflection.